Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Colossians, or excuse me, that's where we just finished, isn't it? To the book of Philemon, which is there. It's one of those one chapter books. It's right before Hebrews. And if you have kind of a a modern Bible, it's real easy just to pass right over it as you're thumbing through the the New Testament. But it's the it's the last in the series of Paul's letters. It's not last chronologically. It's just the last in the way they have organized the New Testament for us in our English translations and um, is related to the book of Colossians. Um, Philemon is a, a member, quite possibly a pastor in one of the churches or the church of Colossae. Um, but Philemon is related to the book of Colossians in other ways. As as we looked through the book of Colossians over a series of weeks, we hopefully were grasped by the reality that through the work of Christ, through our union with Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we have been moved from being dead in our trespasses and sins, as Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 2, to being alive in Christ, from having hearts of stone that have no relationship to God, to having hearts of flesh that are tuned to God, to His laws, are, are made to love God and to seek His will. And as we are united to Christ in the work of the gospel, we are declared to be chosen holy and loved by God. Paul is going to take those truths that we learned in the book of Colossians, and he is going to call Philemon to apply them to his life and to apply them to the life of Onesimus, who is a runaway slave, uh, who was a slave of Philemon. Paul is going to call Philemon to do something very difficult in light of who he is as the chosen, holy and beloved one of God. And so today, as we consider those things, we begin in Philemon one and we will read through verse seven. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Let us pray. O great and glorious God in heaven above, we we ask you today to give us understanding of your word. Help us to see the reality of our adoption as sons and help us to begin to live as the children of God. Help us to love one another and be strengthened by the hope given to us in your word, a hope that is secure and brings us great confidence because Jesus is residing in heaven with you, interceding for us and working in us the gospel. Even today, we pray all this in his precious name. Amen. Have you walked with God long enough to realize that this is hard. 
that walking with God in a world that seeks to make its own rules, make its own laws, to live its own life according to the truth that it decides makes it feel the best, have you realized that trying to pursue holiness is difficult? Philemon is getting ready to hit a huge wall in the difficult walk of being a Christian, of living out that holiness that is ours through our union with Jesus Christ. Philemon lives in a culture that while slavery there was far, far different than slavery in the Americas, there were still some parallels and similarities. Philemon is going to have Onesimus, his runaway slave, return to him, and his culture is going to tell him to receive that slave in a very specific way. A way that puts Onesimus in his place, a way that reminds Onesimus of who has the power in the relationship, and it's not Onesimus. And Paul is going to call Philemon to do something Very, very difficult to not receive him back as a runaway slave, but to receive him back as a brother, to receive him back as an equal. And so today, as Paul prepares and lays the foundation for that request, which will come in the next section of the book of Philemon, we're going to see that as Paul lays the foundation for his request, he's going to teach us that reconciling love is refreshing that that we are equal in Christ, and that finally there is power in the gospel. First off, reconciling love refreshes. There are five times in this very short letter of Paul that Paul uses some form of the word love. We have it actually here three times in today's passage. He calls Philemon a dear friend or a beloved friend. He thanks God as he remembers Philemon in his prayer because of the love that Philemon has for the saints. And he is given great joy and encouragement as he considers the love that Philemon has for his brothers there in the church in Colossae. A love that has refreshed the hearts of those that are there. This love that Philemon has is For all the saints. And that is something that oftentimes we have a tendency to forget, or at least I have a tendency to forget. We are placed in a family of believers, a a family of other men and women who have stood before God just as we have, just as I have, have found forgiveness before God just as I have. And we are placed through our adoption into a family. And, And we should act like a family should act. Well, we should act like a godly family acts because oftentimes we do act like a dysfunctional family acts. But we are to have love for one another. And this love should be a love that refreshes one another. The word that Paul uses here for refreshment is the same word used in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Our love for one another should bring relief to each other in difficult 
and stressful circumstances. Our love for one another should be should bring relief to each other in the suffering and the struggles of this life. Because we have been brought refreshment through the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Paul reminds Philemon here that Philemon already has a love within him, a love that is not his own, a love that has been given to him through Jesus, a love that has been given to him through his salvation, a love that has been given to him through the work of the gospel in his life. And he reminds Philemon of that. Now, some commentators look at this and say, what Paul's doing here is he's telling Philemon, you're already doing this. You've just got to go one step further to apply it to Onesimus, just like you do to everybody else. And and while my, that might be the case, I don't think that's Paul's Paul's really real focus here. Paul's focus is on the gospel work in Philemon's life. And that gospel work has brought love into Philemon's life. And while Philemon as a normal, natural human being would not love Onesimus as a brother. Through the power of the gospel, the gospel that is at work in Philemon's life, he has the power within him to love and to bring refreshment to Onesimus, to himself and to the church through this reconciliation that comes through the application of the gospel in his life. So reconciling love refreshes. Secondly, Paul focuses on equality that comes in Christ. Remember that verse from Colossians chapter two, where Paul talks about there's no slave or free in the eyes of Jesus Christ. Paul focuses on that in a number of ways in today's passage. The first is in his greeting to Philemon and to the other people in his household. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, Paul was under chains in Rome, but he did not see himself as a prisoner of Rome, but a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ. A prisoner for the sake of standing up and preaching the gospel in an area that did not want to hear the saving knowledge of Jesus. But notice that he uses a word that Paul typically doesn't use in his greetings. In Colossians chapter one, verse one, he says. Paul, an apostle of God through the or an apostle by the will of God through Jesus Christ. In his letter to the churches, he typically addresses them as an apostle, as a person with authority. And Paul is not denying in this letter here that he is an apostle and that he has authority. He is setting aside his authority to appeal to Philemon on the basis of their equality in the gospel, their equality before Jesus. He also highlights their equality by calling him a dear friend and a fellow worker. He appeals to their equality in Christ by referring to Archippus as a fellow soldier and to Apphia as a sister. Now, Apphia and Archippus uh, are possibly the wife and child of um, Philemon. Um, Archippus is also addressed at the end of Colossians as 
uh, one who is to complete the work that he has begun, the work given to him by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. And so these people and the, the church that meets in their home, Paul is addressing them as equals. And where does their equality lie? Well, their equality lies in verse three. Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you and I are equals before God because we stand before God condemned in our sins, in our sinfulness. And yet he reached out to each and every one of us in grace, offering his the freedom uh, of the freedom from sin, the the grace that is ours, that free gift of forgiveness, that free gift of of um, the free the hold on. God, you know, I get thrown off by lights flickering. Okay, wow. All right, so. Everybody turn with me to the book of Philemon. It's there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not throwing that far off. The two words together, this grace, this offering of salvation and forgiveness of sins that brings reconciliation or peace with God is the basis of our equality before God. We are given a new record, we learn in Colossians 2, 9 and following. All of us are given a new record before Jesus, before God, because of the righteousness of Christ, his righteousness covers us and God sees us as righteous as we stand before him. And in that new record is a power to live out the holiness that is ours. We are set free in Christ before salvation. You and I are slaves to sin, slaves to our impulses, slaves to our desires. But we are set free to serve God. And to pursue holiness. And finally, the free, the, the equality comes in the fullness that we have in Christ. The fullness of God dwelt in Jesus in bodily form. And therefore, we have the fullness of everything that we need for salvation. Not only that initial moment of embracing the gospel and saying, God, I am a sinner in your sight and I have no hope except for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the fullness that we need to take that holiness that is ours in union with Christ and to live it out, as Paul said in Colossians, by taking off the old man, that old filthy rags of sinfulness and putting on the new man, the glorious habits of sanctification and holiness in this life. And it is the same grace and peace from God that will empower Philemon. The same fullness that comes from Jesus Christ and fills Philemon as a chosen, holy and beloved brother in Christ that will help him move forward. Because it is the power in the gospel that helps us do the hard things of walking in this life. Read with me again, once again, read with me, verse six. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Verse 6 is a very difficult verse to translate into English. Paul uses words here that he uses in other places, but sometimes he uses them in different ways. And the focus of verse 6 oftentimes is that Paul is praying for an evangelistic spirit to fall upon Philemon. Which is not a bad thing. 
for Paul to pray that Philemon share the gospel with those outside of the church. But the word translated sharing here is is translated in other parts of the New Testament as fellowship. It's the same word from which we get fellowship. It is carries with it the sense of of a dynamic personal relationship between the people of God. And so what Paul is praying here is that Philemon would be effective or active in sharing the reality of the gospel in his own life so that he will grow to a greater understanding of every good thing that he has in Jesus. In other words, what Paul is saying from Ephesians chapter 3, Paul has his prayer, his prayer from Ephesians 1 continues on into Ephesians chapter 3. And give me just a second here as I, as I, as I seek to find exactly what it is. It's here at the end of Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 20. Paul says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The first part of that blessing that Paul gives to the Ephesians church is, is says that now to him who is able to do what? Able to do what we can think about, able to do what we think we need, able to do, um, help us do the easy things of walking a holy life? No. It's to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Paul is saying, I am getting ready to ask you to do something that is immeasurably more than you can imagine. It is immeasurably more than you think you can handle. It is immeasurably more than you think you have the capacity to do. I'm going to ask you to receive back a man who is a brother and to receive him as a brother to pass over the sins and the things that he owes you in a culture that says you should beat him within an inch of his life because he ran away from you. And you should take from his hide and from his strength for the rest of his life what he owes to you. I'm going to ask you to pass over that sin. And it is immeasurably more than you can think, than you can ask, or that you can imagine yourself doing. But guess what? God, through the gospel, is at work in you, providing for you everything necessary to do that very thing. And when that very thing happens, you're going to share it with the church and the church is going to grow in their understanding of the good things that they have in Jesus Christ. The gospel is at work powerfully within you right now to give you the strength that you don't think you have, Philemon, in order to forgive and receive back Onesimus. That is the power of the gospel that is at work within us right now. I'm not talking about think God's going to ask you to do things that you can go to school for. I'm not talking about things that God is going to ask you to do that you can just watch a video on YouTube or take a class to get the skill for. 
I'm talking about the gospel is at work right now within you to allow you to do what you think is impossible. Have you ever ever had a friend or a family member that just betrayed you and hurt you deeply in such a way that you thought I can never, ever be friends with them again? You may be called to reconcile. And if you are, the gospel is at work to do that. I'm not talking about getting out of bed each morning when you don't feel like moving on or parenting a child who seems bent on the destruction of your family or rest. I'm talking about wrestling with that sin that you've wrestled with daily for years and years and years. I'm asking you to wrestle with it one more time, even though you don't think you can. Because the gospel is at work within you right now. Working immeasurably more than you could think, ask, or imagine. That's what I'm talking about in this. God is calling you to a huge moment of sanctification. A moment that seems far beyond your strength or your ability to endure it. Because brothers and sisters, it is. You can't do it in your own strength. But the same gospel that reached down to regenerate you when you were dead in your trespasses and sin will give you the fullness of everything that you need to move forward in that attempt. No matter how far out of reach it seems. And your brothers and sisters in Christ will get to watch it and they will understand for themselves, just like you do, the good things that we have in Jesus. Reconciling love refreshes we are equals in Christ through the grace and peace that is offered in him and there is power in the gospel have you walked this Christian road long enough to realize it's hard have you walked this Christian road long enough to understand that the things that God calls you to personal sanctification and public ministry is impossible Brothers and sisters, the power of the gospel is at work within you, within me. Right now. Working on that thing that you don't think you can handle. Working on that relationship that you think is broken beyond all reconciliation. Working on the holiness that you think is so far out of your grasp that it's impossible. The gospel is working on those things right now in you. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you that by the power of the gospel, you give us everything we need, not only for salvation, but for life. And we thank you that you are at work through that gospel right now in each and every one of us. Working on those things that we feel are impossible to handle in our lives. Lord, help us to see all the good things that we have through fullness in Christ. Help us to see and understand the glories of the gospel work in each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.